Welcome to On The Map. I'm Lee Carriher, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Double Forte, a national independent public relations, social media, and communications agency. We are on a mission to help companies from the solopreneur to the mid-cap market maker achieve their goal, get on the map, be known for what they're great for, and make a difference in the world. At the end of the show, which is about 20-ish minutes, I will share with you how to become a guest on the show. So please stick around for that. In the meantime, here's the next 23, 24 minutes of greatness in marketing communications and helping people get on the map with real life advice. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Lee Carher, and I'm so excited to have Robert Glazer, also Bob, not Rob, on the show today. Um, he's been really, I don't know if he knows this, but he's been a true inspiration to me in my work um, and to so, so many others. So, Bob, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Lee. I, I, I know we <laughs> I think this is try three, but we made it work. It was mostly on me. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Bob actually is the, uh, today he's the chairman and founder of Acceleration Partners, which is a partner and affiliate marketed um, company that was started uh, how many years ago? 2007, I think is the yeah, rumor. So yeah, the rumor. So almost 20 years ago. Um, and now is really the, the global leader in affiliate and um, partner marketing programs. And he was one of the first companies, uh, Acceleration Partners, one of the first companies really to go fully virtual from the beginning. Um, and he's been able to share all that knowledge about how to do that in the last few years with the pandemic. Um, I met him first at EO, uh, Entrepreneurs Organization. He was the chair of the Boston chapter, and I was in the San Francisco chapter. And I can't remember how we met, Bob, but um, uh, EO is sort of, if you don't know, is like the YPO for entrepreneurs. And if you can join, if you qualify to join in your hometown, you should join because it's so, so 100%. valuable. Yeah. So valuable. Um and since then, we've just been, I think we've referred clients to each other. I mean, we just have been um, colleagues and know each other, but I don't think we've ever met in person, frankly, which would be true. Oh, true. Your, yeah. It might be true to your, to your roots there. Anyway, um, a few years ago, Bob started sending an email to his staff on Fridays and he called it Friday Forward. Well, he calls it Friday Forward now. And... Um, and that Friday Forward has now like transcended his company of about a couple hundred, 250 people and is read by over 200,000 people in 60 countries. And he's um, and now today he's he's now the chairman of the company, still involved, but um, not in the CEO role. And he spends a bunch of his time over on his Elevate platform, uh, robertglazer.com. So um, I would love to talk to you about all of that. Right. Where, 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 where do you want to start? So tell me about Friday Forward. The first time you're like, you know what? I'm going to send an email to my staff on Fridays. Like, where did that so, come from? So it all it all comes back to EO. I found a lot of them. I actually spoke to two EO chapters this week and I was like, oh, I can make references that everyone in this room understands. Like normally I have to generalize these. Um, so I went to EO's Leadership Academy program with Warren Rustan. It was pretty intensive five-day uh, program. Warren's big on morning routine, uh, you know, think, read something positive, write something positive. I, I kept that routine and really improved it coming out of, um, coming out of there. I, I 
in the read something positive, like we were given a, like some quote things that were a little rainbow and unicorny for me, like didn't really do it. And I don't know, somewhere in the time after I was like, you know, I have some quotes or some stories or whatever I've been saving in this thing. Maybe I'll use my writing time to like put something together that I would want to read and would find inspirational in a different way. Um, I started sending them out on a Friday. Again, I tinkered with a name. I was Friday inspiration. It was Friday food for thought. It was, I don't know, Friday something. And I didn't <laughs> think anyone, I, I didn't think anyone was really necessarily reading them, but I was enjoying writing them and I wasn't getting any complaints. So I thought it was a good way to stay in touch with our 40 people remotely at the time. And over time, actually people did write back and say that it had helped them with a problem or and then interestingly, they started to say, oh, I, you know, sent this to my husband's company or I sent this to my brother or, you know, something like that. And so I, I realized they were going outside the company. I actually was at another EO event and, and one of the things in EO is sharing experiences. And I was talking to some other CEOs and I said, you know, I've been writing this note every week. It like seems like a really good way to get in touch with your company. And people are like, oh, that's interesting. Can you, can you send it to us? Um, take a look. So I started sending it to those three or four people and one of them started his own, I think does it till this day. And the other in true uh, EO fashion said, this is great. We'll just forward this to our companies every week. Um, so I, I read know, up I, the wheel. Just right. There's a term R and D in, in EO is rip off and duplicate. So, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I shouldn't invent something. So Eventually, I, I actually was getting these signals that people outside might like it. I, I was managing it via BCC. I threw a bunch of friends and family on it, kind of waited for this, you know, take me the hell off this. What is it? But same thing. I got good feedback. People forwarded it. Someone actually related to the Nerve Conference wrote an article in Inc. that this is the only email I read every week. And then a couple thousand people signed up that week. And then it just sort of went on from there. Um. So I read it and, and actually I get it on two emails. So I'm two of your subscribers. You, and, you can uh, unsubscribe to one of them. You just have to, I know, but I just, you know, I see them, they come and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. We just and added I, texting this week too. <laughs> I can't get a text. text. I am. All right, well, the, the younger um, people like it. So yeah, it's a generational, it's, thing. it's a generational yeah. thing. And I'm just yeah. going to embrace my last year of boomerness right I'll, now. I'll, I'll, I'll go into the texting, not doing it. So, <laughs> um, but I appreciate that you're bringing it to new platforms because that's wonderful. Um, and then um, you have, so now that's grown. And so basically what, in 10 years, 10-ish years, probably? Yeah, grown. I realized I was saying five for like two five? or three. So I, I think it's seven or eight, seven somewhere or eight in that realm. Yeah. Just based on your experience. And what I really appreciate about this email, which everyone should, we'll have the link in our show notes page, go over and subscribe, is that, you know, so often we're reading things by people who have no clue what they're talking about. They are reporters, they're consultants. That's the theme of next week's Friday Report. Yes, actually, that's funny. You've, you've just jumped the shark. Oh. On, uh, next week's is about, is is I, I've been seeing, uh, in, in reaction to a lot of the negative things around um, the the Peloton layoffs and stuff last week and a lot of tax on John Foley, seen a lot of people posting the Theodore Roosevelt man in the arena quote, you know, which right. sort of gets to the like, Everyone's a critic, but no one has any idea what it means to do any of these exactly. things. And so that's that's the topic of next week's post. Doesn't mean he's not an asshole. Just saying. But uh, John Foley or, or Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> well, could be both. Yes. Um, how you do think, you know, people fall down on the job when they're not prepared. Right. And uh, when they don't think about people it. People make mistakes. People do people things make mistakes wrong. All like, the time. Yeah. What I really appreciate. Well, one, and you share your mistakes, which is great um, because um, 
sort of sharing from our experiences where that's the whole gestalt, no yeah. part intended of EO. Um, but it's something that's so practical. I mean, I know when I was researching for, I was, I was researching how to keep a millennial in my company, um, <laughs> I wrote my book, everything was so negative. I'm like, it's not possible. It's just not, you know, I'm a CEO. There's no possible way that 80 million people are this way. Anyway, so it's, it's built from, it's all from your actual experience and your trials and errors and where you figured out how to, um, how, how to level up and all that kind of stuff. So go read his thing. Um, and really it comes down to what comes through so clearly in your, all your writing is just this passion you have for um, having, helping people find their, their potential, right. Um, and not being constrained uh, but also taking personal responsibility for it. Like yeah, it I, I, as, it's funny. I, I, as I said before, I didn't like the sort of chicken soup for the soul like yeah. approach. I, I mean, I'm super appreciative. But but Friday Forward is a little bit like spicy chicken soup for the soul. It is. <laughs> I, it's motivational, but again, I, I, I sometimes you have to get a little bit uncomfortable in order to realize something or want to make a change or otherwise. And so it is not. It's not like I don't want to say it's for the faint of heart, but it, I, there's some tough questions and stuff that i'll ask Absolutely. yeah and if you don't want to ask answer the question yeah. don't read that ep, ep, you know that installment um you've also you turned that book you turned friday forward into a book um friday forward um which uh of course i bought i think i made of i'm sure i reviewed all of your books um and then you've written other books and uh what i the the book that I think is last is How to Thrive in a Virtual Workplace, which yeah. um, basically came out really super fast in the beginning of the pandemic. And you took what you learned from running a virtual company and made it available to everybody who turned yes. into running. And to business. your earlier comment, I could not stand all of the academics ah. and people commenting on remote work experts who had never done it for more than five minutes <laughs> or had only worked for themselves remotely. yeah so we had, we had at that point we had over 12 years of running a fully remote yeah. company so i feel like we had some actual yeah. uh, you know what we did right and what we did wrong to share which um i promptly bought for my whole staff and sent it to them and made them read it and we talked about it ad nauseum and uh uh we've adapted a lot of what you've done and then some things didn't work for us and we figured it out ourselves right but that's the whole piece right you share a foundation and then you move yeah. on um so tell me how you moved from was this always your goal i'm gonna do and you're a serial entrepreneur you've done this before but was this always your goal to move from active ceo to uh inspirational coach leader course provider no um i never had a, a a clear goal i think i think somewhere along the way i figured out a core purpose which mm -hmm. is to help uh you know, to share ideas that help people and organizations grow. And I think when they saw this disparate group of things that I did in terms of running a marketing agency and writing these books and this, they're like, like, what is the common thread? I'm like, actually, there's a very clear common thread, particularly as my role evolved in the business and having a really good number two and an operationally minded person to be able to focus on those parts of the business that were about learning and growing and new ideas and developing people and culture and not finance and operations and, and, and sort of those things, you know, where, where they're better suited to, to other people on my team. But, you know, I, 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 along the way, as you said, like, I don't, I am not a theoretical person. Like I like to test, experiment, 
try things like my books are not based on volumes of academic and primary research. They're based on, you know, real world experiences and things that we try to do really differently at Acceleration Partners. I know you've done at your company, but, but inherently because of that share ideas that help people in organization grow, when I figure out something that I think can make leadership better, people better, companies better, I inherently want to sort of like crowdsource it. And so, I, you know, as you paste all these things back together, not a surprise, but I didn't learn very well in the classroom. Right. And so my, I, I enjoy the teaching aspect, but I also like don't teach in a classroom. Right. For me, the, 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 the writing and the speaking and the podcast are sort of my way of, you know, contributing um, a, a joke. Some people, some people write out, Hey, I just want to like talk to you for an hour and get all your thoughts on. I'm like, dude, I've like written all of my thoughts. You can find all, like, like, <laughs> you can find all of my thoughts. Like, I don't want to repeat them all uh, this way. So um, it just, be, that just sort of came like in some ways AP is, uh, is, is sort of a, a laboratory, you know, not, not, and not that it's like, it's, it's, it's exists for the purpose of that, but like, huh? Like, you know, how can we, thing we asked ourselves years ago and was part of my TEDx talk was like, how, how could we eliminate two weeks notice? It's a crappy, you know, say for PG 13, it's a crappy system. Like so bad. we've had some success, we've had some failure, but we've really tried a different system. And I think, you know, it's interesting in sharing that with people uh, and who watched the TED talk and who talked to me about it, who, who are like, I just, I, and then I get, I get a lot of notes from people saying, oh my God, we, I did this with someone and it was so much better and it worked. And yeah. so that's the, that's sort of what's the rewarding you know, part for me. We have started, um, cause I, you know, that's been part of my thing for a long, long time. And then someone called me crazy. And then I thought I just something your Ted talk. I'm like, here, I'm yeah. not, <laughs> here, I'm not alone. It's okay. So it was really interesting was <laughs> I did that Ted talk in 2019. I wrote an right. article in HBR in 2019, you know, then this small little, pandemic happened and I had actually written a book and no one was interested in the, the book. And then, you know, now they're very interested. <laughs> like right. the, the article flew up on HBR again after years yeah. because they, people are giving them one day's notice. Right. And, and or so they just don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how well, we've evolved. And that happened. It will bite you in the ass sometime. Trust me. There are so many people I know who are oh. rooting for a little recession. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This will, it will come back. People remember. We all remember. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um, so to me, it sounds like one, it's a really, what you focus on was just sharing your experiences from, it didn't cost anything. Friday 40 doesn't cost anything. Just sharing what yeah. you know, putting a lot of content out there. And then it sounds like it started to transition into a profitable or a for, you know, for money situation where it could what maybe started as your, oh, I'm doing something for my company. Is is this your side gig? Is this your gig? What is this? <laughs> yeah, I, it, 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 it's a mid gig, I, <laughs> I, I would say, um, in terms of, look, I, uh, there are things that I think we would all do whether no one paid us and then we enjoy it, right? But then when we start to have a lot of demands on our time, I think, you know, cost is a, is a, is a, is a regulator. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have never, I don't want to be a professional speaker who travels every week and doesn't see my kids, but I enjoy speaking and, and mixing that in and, you know, enjoy writing. Like, so, so I don't know, maybe I don't do anything, these things well enough to do them full time. But for me, I, I, I've kind of liked the balance. Like I like, interviewing people on the, I mean, the podcast is, is a money loser, like what right. it costs, even the, the newsletter. I mean, I, I, I actually use these two different systems because people like it around the world at different times. And right. you know, it, 
one point is 15, 20 grand a year, you know, supporting all the email. And so, Hey, if someone wants to run an ad or starting something like the elevate club, like for me, that's just like, I I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to like spend the time and give, but that you want to, there are a lot of people out there who just like to take. Um, and, and so for me, it's like, I'm asking people to sort of meet in, in, in the halfway, right? So, you know, we started this Elevate Club. People are going to get a ridiculous amount of value. But, you know, a lot of people who, and I appreciate you, I need to get you buying the books and all this stuff. They've they've shared it with their company every week. They, yeah. they've, they've only ever spent 99 cents on an ebook. And right. they want to ask a lot of questions and email. And I, I, I yeah. you know, I just can't respond to everyone. So for me, it was like, all right, this will be a curated group that wants to work together. And I'm, yeah. I'm in there and I'll answer people's questions and I'll talk to them because they've, they've made a little commitment, you know, to yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it's part of, I still have a, a, a day job um, yeah. and, and, and largest shareholder, you know, in this business, right. uh, but, you know, I'm starting to think about, you know, the rest of my life and the things I like to do and, 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 you know, spreading out my wings a little bit. Yeah. I like the term mid gig. I think that's <laughs> a good one, particularly for entrepreneurs, right? When they're trying, yeah. I, hmm. People need to pay the tape forward on things that they want to be. Cause in fact, all the folks that I know that are professional speakers mm -hmm. have no interest in getting back to what they were doing before no. uh, that. I mean, it is a brutal Oh. on a plane every week, traveling and hotels by yourself. Like it seems glamorous. I was actually trying to hold it off until my kids were out of the house. And then yeah. if someone wants me to speak in Australia, my wife and I will go there for a week. And then we'd actually, yeah. you know, uh, travel. But yeah. this is why you see people more moving towards mastermind groups or membership yeah. or virtual or things that, that, that don't require just selling their time. Yeah. Because in theory, I'd love to talk to this group on that and that group on that, but I don't want to be speaking that much and sleeping outside of my bed that much. So you need right. some sort of regulator on yeah. this is what it's worth to me. And in yeah. doing that, you cut down the number of opportunities dramatically. Part of what Laurie, uh, Dory Clark talks about in the long game, if you haven't, if you've read Yeah, that. yeah, I, um, I interviewed about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm such a fangirl of hers. She's great. And I've worked with her a couple of times and you know, she talks about how to... I mean, she's a professional speaker who does now doesn't have to do as much of it because she's figured out how much people. Yeah, she has courses and other yeah. stuff and yeah. scale. And yeah, it, look, I a lot of people, you know, begin with the end in mind, I still think is the best advice. But but also, like, again, play out the tape or that's not probably a good analogy anymore for for people. But what you know, what if you tape? think you want to do something, what does it look like and feel like and reality? Because if you said to people, if you can be a professional keynote speaker and make a million dollars a year, they'd be like, great. The people I know that do that travel 52 weeks a year and it, uh, it's brutal. No. And, you know, uh, well, for me, business travel was so glamorous. And then I went on my second trip, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's also a long time coming, right? So it doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, it feels like you built um, sort of like you were doing your business, right? You're, you're sharing your business, Friday forward, Friday forward, then an article here, then that, and then this, and then this, and then and it's sort of, it's a long, well, not to be an example of the long game, but it seems like even if it wasn't intentional, um, you're a great example of the long game on how you've built the different pieces and how you have used content and your ideas to springboard. And now you have a value on your time that you can actually Thanks. Yeah, and honestly, uh, that's also the subject of an upcoming Friday Forward. But because, <laughs> look, look at the amount of people that have started podcasts, and and mm -hmm. everyone who started in the last eighteen months have mostly quit them that I can tell. Because I mean, only twenty percent of podcasts get past number ten. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think they just think it's going to be a massive success. 
yeah. out of the game. If you talk to any writer, any podcast, I mean, you got to just do it for a long time, not look to get anything out of it. And, and I remember interviewing James Clear. He wrote for like six or seven yeah. years, you know, before some of these things, you know, really caught in. Same with me with Friday Forward. And, and, and again, I, everyone else is like, let me just do it and get quick. You know, can you rate my podcast, listen to my podcast? The amount of people I've seen it recently where they followed up or they asked to, have me on the podcast and then someone on my team followed up. They're like, we're on pause. Like, it's really interesting how quickly yeah. people are, because again, ton of work, got to understand your why. Like my why was never to make money. It was to have really interesting conversations that I would, you know, just enjoy having them. And then I thought other people would like, you know, listening to them. Um, and, 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 uh, but I, I've noticed that dramatically the number of ones on pause and not just related to Spotify, but, but more. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I think what the, the fall off numbers were, I mean, they were sort of in that range before and now because it, because of the huge influx of, it actually might be lower than that than 20% that actually make it past 10. It is a lot episodes, of episodes. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that. Episodes, I just, yeah. I don't have the data, but anecdotally can just tell you, like, I just seen people make these huge, pretty well-known people make a huge focus on their podcast and launching it out of the gate and not even lasting three yeah. to six months. Again, I'm not sure what they're looking for. Like, right. you know, what, what, what were they expected to happen in those first couple of months, which is interesting. Well, I think part of it is they think it's easy. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll just, I'll just talk. Yeah. No, it's not easy. Um, and, um, and also it's like, why do you want the podcast? Frankly, podcasts can be just an aside here. Podcasts can be so uh, valuable to people and they can never be listened to if you use it for links, right? Um, and there's a reason. Yeah, to be- and, and and you and I have both seen ones. I've had people ask me to be on, and then they're give me a ten page sheet or like, what do you want to talk about or this? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do the work. Like you asked you know, me, like I assumed you had a reason you wanted to have me on the <laughs> podcast, right? I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> this is the reason I wanted to yeah. have on the podcast. <laughs> And then they're like, can you share it with your whole network? And there's a little bait and switch afterwards. I'm like, if I want to share something with my network, not that, I mean, I always share it with my network, but it's clear that if you're having me on your podcast to do the work, to tell you what I should podcast should be about, and then share it with my own people, like I, I could just reach out to my own people right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not likely that you're sharing something new on this podcast that your networker doesn't already know about you. Just going to say. Correct. I, I <laughs> My, my thing, my Friday forward about network, I'm just so surprised on some of the networking things that people say. And even, you know, recently someone, I, I normally don't do, I mean, I charge for everything that I do, but this, this webinar was pretty strategic around topic of the book. And so I agreed to do it for this very large group. I just don't do this anymore. And, and, you know, in, in, in the middle of it, then they were like, all right, here's all our marketing. Are you going to promote to your group? I'm like, I'm like, why do I want to promote? Like, I'd rather sell them my book. Like I'm giving this to you because there's 500 CEOs on this right. call. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I didn't want to be jerky about it, but again, I was honest, like there's not a lot of value for me to promote, but I've been talking to my audience about this topic for, for a well, year. Here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wow. just told, you told me you had a huge audience right now. <laughs> Which I think goes back to the original thought, right? The original thought is you were sharing what you thought would be helpful. It's of service. Um, and when people try to monetize service, the service, if it's not authentic, it doesn't freaking work. Yeah. So, you know, that's why people abandon stuff because they're like, oh my gosh. Like you, to- even in affiliate marketing, people would ask me all the time, well, what sort of publisher site should I build? And I'd be like, look, 
any of the sites I know that monetize and make a lot of money, they actually didn't try to make money. It was just super passionate about grills or baby strollers or small business services. And they, they got a lot of authority and then they focused on money. Like, so for me to tell you what you should talk about because it makes money, like you're going to have to, like, it's hard to write about this stuff passionate. Like if you're just buying media, you're trying to arbitrage, that's fine. But like, that's not how 99% of these sites yeah. that you're looking at got started. They got started by providing immense value to a group of, of, of readers, which then had value to advertisers. Right. And the nice thing about being here in the United States is that you can find an audience for what you're passionate about, what you care about, but you just have to, you know, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? Just, just happen. And it's hard to be inspirational, right? It's hard. Yeah. Uh, people who want to be inspirational um, are inspirational. You can't say, oh, I want to be inspirational. You either are or you're not. And you're right. it's hard to be inspirationally monetizing too, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I tell I tell my kids, I like, look, you know, this is to me the Abraham Lincoln, whatever you are, be a good one. I'm like, you'll have no problem making money and doing what you want to do if you're the best in the world at what you do. I don't care if it's like a frog specialist or something like that like you'll be invited to go to all these botanist conventions and stuff like around the world like in keynote like it just there's if you're just really good at whatever you do there will be always opportunities from a commercial standpoint story calls it optimizing for curiosity right yeah. curious about what you're passionate about that's where you can put your energy um anyway well i could talk to you for another hour as you know but i will I'm, I'm, I'm good i got time <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't have a hard stop. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> we, got, we got at least a half hour. We got at least a half hour. When you think actually, because you were just talking about acceleration partners there too, like the, the sort of the common thread there was um, uh, authenticity or real, you know, uh, yeah. service. So talk a little bit, actually, let's talk about that intersection between Elevate platform and AP and your, how you guide your clients on them. Yeah. So here's the thing about our company. I think it's a great place to work. We've won the best place to work. It, it, yeah. That's probably true for 5% of the population. Yep. It's not for everyone who really align to our core values. So to me, I hear a lot about integrity. I actually generally prefer the word authenticity, as you said, because also integrity is very cultural dependent and, and yeah. people have, you know, people believe that it's integral to defend your you know, family members who are committing crimes. So, so there's a lot, a lot of subjectivity Wait. around that. Authenticity rip, to me is, rip is, from the headlines. Rip from the headlines, Bob. <laughs> so authenticity is just. I mean, my favorite definition. I paraphrase from a Gandhi, the Gandhi quote, like what you know, happiness is when what you think, what you do, and what you say are aligned. So I think a great culture is when what you think, what you do, and what you say are aligned. It's not for everyone. So. People have not liked working here. I'm sure people have bad experiences, but I just hope they would never be like, wow, what a bunch of inauthentic people who say one thing and do another thing. Right. I think people get drawn in the process, even when they're interviewing, like these are the things we're gonna talk about. Honestly, they, you know, NLP, they, they, they want to chameleon themselves. I love your core values and this, and like, but are you the core values, right? right? Like our core value is own it. And like, that has a very specific way it shows up for people, right? They might say, I love own it, but like, you know, then they come in and they have to write one of our after debrief things when, when something has gone wrong. The point of which is to highlight what we learned, what we should change to prevent it last time. It is not a shaming experience. It's what right. the military does and everything. Yeah. And man, do they blame 
the Wizard of Oz and everything else. And, and then you see other people where like the company was a blue chip company that bankrupt and no notice. And their report says, you know, if we had had these checks in place, maybe we could have, you know, known that it, it's just like night and day between someone who's like looking at it from what can I control versus I don't control anything. And that second person will not last. And they won't like it. It's just, it's not culturally what they're looking for. There are plenty of environments like that. They're also own it implies that we all, it's a fast place, kind service environment, similar to your business. Like it's not a great consensus. If you're working on a nuclear sub or a power plant, it's probably a good, like be slow, get consensus, get everyone on the same page, check it twice. That doesn't work in our industry. If that's how you like to work, you won't like working here. No. No, it's just that's just the truth. Like, yeah, I, yeah. we're a high input, low democracy organization, Bob. Yeah, we're a double forte. <laughs> low demo. You said low democracy. High input, <laughs> low democracy. <laughs> yeah, people have to choose. Back to our discussion before, like, lots of people have opinions these days. Everyone's a critic. Van Jones wrote an awesome paragraph on this about everyone knows how to protest everything these days, but they don't know how to create a movement. They don't know how to open a school. They don't know how to do this. Like. It, it's just super easy to be a critic these days. Oh my gosh. Ugh. <laughs> Your face said it all. My yeah. face said it all, right? Yeah. Don't be, you know, critics um, have a place, right? But be a good critic, right? Be a helpful critic, not a like a right. teardown critic. You know, I think that's what happens with, you know, it's happened to, I mean, we could talk, you know, feedback right so you just said some people won't like it there some people won't like it at double forte either if you don't have a sense of humor you're not going to survive one day at double forte. Yeah. if you don't like feedback you won't like our culture well, if you not, don't, you don't know like improving you, things yeah. you won't like our culture like right? our yeah. we're really honest about all these things and i think that's the piece right but i think that what you said about being a critic you know um there's many wonderful things that have happened through social media and but um, <laughs> at the same time, some, some, um, there are, there are definitely, no, there are positives for sure. Definitely yeah. positives. However, you know, everything goes to the bottom, everything goes to the bottom fast, right? Sort of like being, if, when things are free, everything goes to the bottom right. pretty quickly. There's, and, um, uh, I think probably right now, the most important thing we can teach our kids is how to be discerning, right? How to, how to actually, right. I mean, they also follow likes, likes or followers, are this generic authority, right? Now, let's say you are a children's book artist, Lee, and you have 100,000 right. followers because they love your art. Then you start speaking about vaccine efficacy mm -hmm. and people see that you have 100,000 followers and you don't know what the bleep you're talking about. Like, you know, yeah. that is, yeah. <laughs> I think we confuse authority in one. I mean, I, I, I've been reading about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I, do you know, yeah, do you, yeah you know, that like yeah. the people who actually know the least in a subject score the most overconfident by far yeah right yeah <laughs> we're all um it's like uh, being in lake wagbagan we're all above yeah. average the um well i think that's the that's another we're going off on a tangent but the fact that the social media lets anyone be a media platform and everyone have a voice i mean the democracy democratization of voice is not a bad thing except that it comes with responsibility but there's no responsibility yeah. in this whole thing that is so far off topic. That requires probably a drink and a meal. You talk about critical thinking, though. I mean, that's a really <laughs> relevant topic these days. Well, yes. And you have to be a critical thinker so much earlier in life than you did when I was growing up. 
you know, it's the best so, skill we could teach. I mean, someone was saying like he would post it on Facebook, which I thought was a great post. He's like, I now fact check my friends. Like he's like, you know, you have like <laughs> you just yeah. can't when people just say something, you can't take it for granted. Like, no. yeah, <laughs> who said that? How does he right. know? Is he an expert? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. However, the nice thing about all these things is that if you have something valuable to share, like yourself, that you can through, you know, over time create something valuable and, um, and the things that aren't valuable, they go to the wayside. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the people who are serious anyway. Um, I so appreciate your time. Go read everything Bob has written and his Ted talk. I'll have all the links in the, on the show notes page. And if you want to be like Bob, be like Bob, start sharing your experiences, start sharing what matters, start sharing and don't expect anything for free. Just, just do it. And don't expect anything in return. Don't right? take, take, <laughs> yeah. sorry, what did I yeah. say for free? <laughs> for free. Right I was like, thing. I was like, it will be free. You won't get it paid. It will be free. <laughs> yeah. Just do it because it's the right thing to do. And the more um, you can share your good stuff, the better the world will be. So thank you, Bob, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was so great to see you. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, I mean, thank you, Lee. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I I just saw the I just saw the, the 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 my ping just popped up for your meetings with Sarah start soon. So that it just hit me at that time. <laughs> I know your name. Yeah. Okay. Please, I've been called so much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least that wasn't derogatory. Well, I don't. I wouldn't expect that from you. Uh, oh my gosh. Um. So helpful. Um. You are. You. Yeah, I hope. I, I hope we Good can job. actually. I. I I thought we met, but hopefully we'll find a way to meet in, in person. Well, sometime my too. dad lives not too far from you. So maybe next time I come, I'll let you know. All right. I'll, I'll probably do a college tour to Madison the next year or two. So please we'll, do. Uh, we'll, 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 I'll let you know. School. Or you could go over, you know, I went to the small school over in Northfield. There's two, but Northfield, Minnesota. So you come and look at small schools named Carlton and St. Olaf in Minnesota too. This child's not interested in small schools. We're but, in the but, West. Uh, <laughs> the U Minnesota, you know, the U is yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Anyway. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to On The Map. If you're a successful entrepreneur of a company or if you are a, a marketing executive who has had success on getting on the map in your industry or your location or among certain different consumers or customers, I would love to talk to you about how you did it, what programs and tactics you use to become known, become famous for what you do, the difference you make for your customers and your clients or your consumers. Um, in order for you to apply, just go over to my website, go.double-forte.com backslash podcast slash guest. And that's a mouthful. It'll be in the show notes. So just go down there and apply. We are publishing on the map all the time with awesome guests who are sharing for from the trenches ideas and success stories that we can all apply in our own businesses. So it, to get all of the shows and not miss anything, please subscribe. And I so appreciate you if you can also give me a thumbs up or give me a rating. This helps the show be seen. I can't under, you can't underestimate the power of a, a thumbs up and I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for you to go get on the map.